Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. Well, today's episode is a little bit different than what we normally do. Today's episode isn't business related. Today's episode is a personal one. There aren't any leadership tips for you today. There's no business advice for you to take away. Today, we're going to talk about having a big dream, like a really, really big dream, and finding a way to make your big dream come true. So first off, I want to share a really exciting announcement with you. Some of you might already be aware if you follow me on social media. It's something that I've been working on mm, for about three years actively and something I've wanted for about 10. If you've been listening for a while, no doubt this is going to be exciting for you because you know me and what I'm all about. And if you are just dropping in for the first time today, please know that this is not your typical episode. This is something a little bit different. We're breaking the code that we usually follow with this episode. So last month, in the middle of February, I welcomed a baby girl into the world, and my life changed forever. Oh yeah, I, pr- I forgot to mention that this is probably going to be a pretty emotional episode. There's a lot to talk about, and I wanted to share this journey with everyone. So it was a chance for me to fulfill one of my greatest dreams in life, to really become a mom, to start a family. And I got to bring that dream to life. And like I said earlier, it's something that I've been holding in my heart for, well, my whole life, really. You know, you just assume that there's these things in your life that are going to happen for you, but actively really wanting it for the last 10 years. Her name is Mary, and she is named after her two great-grandmothers, I wanted to give her that history of family, and she is absolute perfection. She has the sweetest demeanor, the most beautiful blue eyes, and she's absolutely calm and kind, and I am completely and totally in love with her. So I wanted to do this episode because right now I'm currently on maternity leave, and as I told my clients about this journey and as we were wrapping up, and also told friends and other people along the way, there were a lot of questions that people have because, as you can imagine, this isn't a traditional pregnancy. This isn't something that I did in an organic way. There's a lot of factors that are non-traditional. And so I wanted to be able to create this episode and share the details with you. So get out of your head into your heart and let's jump in and talk about having a big dream. So I'm not going to start this episode with the journey in a traditional sense. I mean, I it was an IVF pregnancy and so I could go through the whole long list of how many needles and injections and appointments. And I feel like every IVF pregnancy that I hear about has this epic marathon-like story that um, people use to explain. And I I don't want to minimize that journey for anyone, and it definitely was all that for me. But I'm going to tell the story in a slightly different context. And I'm going to start with some of the myths and, and questions that people asked along the way. So I want to start with perhaps the most shocking question that I was asked during my pregnancy. 
So why did you wait until you were 47 to have a baby? Now, I know this person had no ill will by asking this question. They were just curious. And they had only met me during the pregnancy, so they had no idea what my life history was, what the journey was, what past relationships have been like, um, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad. We, you know, just because we have lived our experience and our history, sometimes we just assume that everyone else has, you know, the Reader's Digest version of what our life is like or the Coles Notes version and know what our journey has been like, but they don't, right? And so sometimes people ask really candid questions, but it was a gift in a way because I think if this one person asked that question, it was obviously something that was on other people's minds as well. Uh, That's one thing I definitely teach. If you're in a training course and you have something on the mind that you want to ask, ask it because guaranteed someone else in the room is thinking about that too. So she had no intention to shame anyone or hurt anyone's feelings, but I wanted to share it as a teachable moment because this leads me to myth number one, that just because someone doesn't tell you that they're trying to have a baby doesn't mean that they actually aren't trying to have a baby or that they want to have a baby. As a society, somehow we have decided that a woman's fertility is everyone's business and that anyone has the right to ask you anything or make any assumptions about what you should or shouldn't be doing and what your intentions are. I hear a similar frustration all the time from women who have made a decision that they don't want to have children in their life. And they get asked all the time, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? And let's just be clear, not all women, just because they can have children, want to have children. And that's a very courageous decision. It's an important decision. And quite frankly, it's a personal decision. So just because the vast majority of people do have children doesn't mean that everyone has to or that that is the right path for everyone. So we have to check ourselves a little bit here. So for me, pretty much the time when I moved back from London, from England, uh, I decided or knew that I wanted to actively have children. And so that was about 10 years ago. It's been something on the brain. And I actually had read some books and talked to some people and even visited a fertility clinic here and wanted to talk about different options about different things that I could do, about potentially freezing eggs. And you know, when you know that this is something that you want and other people keep asking questions like, why didn't you have kids? Or why don't you want kids? And you know in your heart that that is something that you want, that's equally as painful. It's like a dagger running through your heart. And the answer always was, I actually do. I want to have kids and don't you dare write me off because... These days, with science and technology, we have a lot of options available to us. So I think it's fair to say there's been a lot of hurtful questions, and I think we can all take that away as something that we can do better. You know, we we shouldn't make assumptions about what people's journeys are, what their intentions are. And, you know, the other example I'll share is I have certain clients who have been on the infertility journey. One client in particular... Um, Obviously, I won't share any personal names or details, but they have, um, uh, he and his partner have tried for 10 years and then just spontaneously got pregnant. So went through the whole path of IVF. And I think we all have a story of someone we know who's been down that path and tried and tried and then they let go and then it happened naturally. But then to share the other side of that, there's for every story that we hear that is a miracle story like that, there's also 
you know, the couple or the individual who ends up walking away, who doesn't have a successful story through IVF, and they either move on to go through adoption or other surrogacy options, or they just tap out entirely. And that is a hard journey that I also want to make sure that I honor the hard work and the heartbreak that that is as well. So basically, rather than giving a long list of permutations of all the hurtful or unthoughtful things that you could ask, I don't want to go through them all, just be considerate when you ask questions to people before you make assumptions. It's like anything else in life, right? We don't know what people's journeys are, and we have to be considerate and respectful of them. Okay, so diving back into my story. So I guess it was about three years ago when I actively decided that I wanted to move ahead and have a child on my own without a partner. And it wasn't something that I didn't think about earlier. I had, but I was too tightly holding to the dream of doing it in a traditional way. And I'm using air quotes here, which meant meeting someone, getting married, moving in together, and then having a child together. Like the traditional way that we think of when we have a child. But the better question here is, why was I clinging on to this old dated formula for having a baby, right? Because we know that 60% of first marriages end in divorce. And I think the rates, I do believe, are even higher for subsequent marriages. So those are pretty bad odds, aren't they? And although it works out for a lot of people, and I do know a lot of very happy couples, first timers, and I'm happy for them, but there's really no guarantees in life. So as I said earlier, this is me on maternity leave. I've been trying to get this episode out for about a month. Um, It's been five weeks now. And when you're self-employed and you decide to go on maternity leave, it's kind of a tough decision to take time off. But what I decided in the end was I decided to shut down the practice for the balance of the year, which was a really tough decision because I had so many clients and I love my clients. And I really didn't want to leave them hanging without the support. But given the rarity of this pregnancy and the amount of time and energy that it's it really has taken, I wanted to make sure that I took the time off to really spend with Mary and to develop those strong bonds and enjoy her first year, right? As a coach, every day I see the impact of what happens with my clients when they haven't had strong relationships with their parents when they don't have secure attachment or positive beliefs or stories programmed in their OS, in their operating system. I see the impact of that. So I wanted to do things differently with her. So I decided to wind down with all my clients to take time off and really spend the rest of 2022 with her. And as I found myself telling this story over and over again, explaining this to my clients, you know, how it was a a long journey and how it was a high-risk pregnancy and um, how long it took me to get here, I found that my clients had a lot of questions. They had a lot of questions and they were really curious. And there was actually a lot of really fruitful conversations that we had about the journey. And I realized through this process that I had sort of compartmentalized this as an aspect of my personal life. I didn't think it had any value or relevancy to people, but in reality, people were really curious and they wanted to know how I came to this point in my life of having a baby on my own at 47. It's not a typical story. 
I knew that. And to add on to that, I've obviously leveraged um, the use of a sperm donor. But after a few cycles of my own, um, I was unable to conceive, even though I know there's very low odds. I wanted to try anyways using my eggs. But um, I ended up using uh, an egg donor as well. So it's something in the in the industry we talk about it as a double donor pregnancy, which means I've used leveraged a sperm donor and an egg donor. So this is kind of a personal story, and I didn't think it would have a lot of value to people. But as we started having conversations, boy, I realized I was so wrong. And my clients bombarded me with so many questions. So I wanted to create this episode to share the details about the pregnancy and what it took to become a solo mom. And already just a month in, I can say with complete and total confidence that this role that I've now added to my life is a complete game changer, which I have to say, honestly, is what I wanted. I wanted to change the game, but boy, did it change the game. It is equal parts amazing and exhausting at the same time. And I've known that over the years, just watching friends and family members go through that. Parenting is hard and it's really servant leadership in a way because you're giving everything to this child and they are at a point where they're helpless, right? They're just taking, taking, taking. And it is kind of a thankless job in the beginning, but I do have zero regrets. I know that this is absolutely the right path for me and I know that this will change my life forever. I also... This isn't a primary reason, but a secondary benefit, I would say, is that I know that I'm going to be a richer coach now that I have all of this experience behind me, this journey, because so often I would be asked by clients, oh, do you have kids? Or how old are your children? Or um, just something around parenting that they really want to be able to relate to me with. And so I'm excited and I look forward to that, to be able to support them in that way as well. All right, so it is impossible for me to talk about this journey without thinking back on all the different jobs that I've held and kind of answer that question, like how did I get to be 47 and not have children yet? What was it that caused me to delay the family planning? Why was it that it didn't happen before now? And I have to be honest, when I reflect on the different roles and jobs and companies that I've worked for, There were many times when it was frowned upon to have a child because we were honestly working so hard, working such long hours and traveling so much. There was also a time when I was hired, and even though I know this is illegal and highly inappropriate, but there was a time when my hiring manager asked me whether I had a plan to have children in the near future because I was about, air quotes again, that age. I was about that age, and he wanted to know whether I was planning on having kids because this job would be absolutely impossible to do. (laughs) Sorry, I can't even say this without laughing. This job would be impossible to do if I had small children at home. And I think that Well, we all know that that's ridiculous, right? A, it's not his decision to make, but B, it also, if I look back now with the wisdom and perspective I have, I can see that that only reflected his, um, how shall I say, old-fashioned or his traditional views of what male-female roles are in life and how much partners get involved in, you know, their wives' um, 
families. You know, there's all kinds of different family makeups. It doesn't have to be a man and a woman, but he had this old-fashioned view of what that looked like. And um, that definitely influenced his decision to hire me. So I know that he had good intentions <laughs> to prepare me for the role and be honest. And I do admire him for his honesty. But I can also help but wonder how these types of messages turn into beliefs or statements in our head. You know, we talk a lot about beliefs in our OS, and a lot of them do get programmed at a very young age, right? That zero to seven age where we're very malleable. But we also get important messages like this hitting us later on in life that are equally as important. And so the message here, which translated in my head, which was, you know, you can either be career driven or you can be family oriented. But hey, you can't do both. If you want to have the good job, you want to have a job that is going to be exciting and have a lot of travel to it, then you're not going to be able to have a job you're not going to be able to have kids and be family-oriented, right? So at the time when I took that role, I actually did have a partner. Whether he would have been supportive or not of stepping in to be a primary partner if I was traveling around the world, that I don't know. But here's the reality is that there are so many other solutions and nannies and family and so many other things that we can come up with as solutions. It doesn't have to be just everything waiting on the mother's shoulders to care for her children, all right? That's a little bit 1920. So I know this kind of messaging definitely holds us back as females. And quite frankly, looking back, I'm pretty pissed about a lot of the shitty messages. This is one example I've shared. I can list a whole other variety of different messages that I've received along the way from hiring managers, from corporations, from you know, policies, uh, comments being made in boardroom meetings, all kinds of shitty messages that I've received over the years that if you really care about your career, then your family has to take a back seat. And I personally don't think that that's true. And I think we have made progress and we are changing things. Um, so whether you are having children or not, there must be people on your team who have children. And I want you to take away this one message. It's not your decision to decide what is right for them. They may want to be career oriented. They may want to shift gears, as I talk about sometimes when uh, either a woman or man has a baby. Sometimes they want to take um, things, slow them down a little bit in their career. And that's okay. But guess what? It's not our job as hiring managers or colleagues or HR people to make that decision for them. That's where we have a candid conversation to ask them, what is their plan? What does this vision look like? And really be candid and ask them, don't tell them what they need to do. Okay. Now in preparing for this episode, I realized that there's quite a few themes between business and having a child that uh, were really similar and really aligned and a lot of patterns. And this specifically of having courageous conversations, of having big dreams and not letting them go. And this is the most important thing that you can ever do is to hold on to your dream. Just let your heart burst open with pride and whatever it is that you want. Know that you can make that happen in any way that you want. Okay, so there are so many people that I really want to thank and give a shout out to who have helped me along the way. And it is really a big list of people. And it's in no order of importance. It's kind of a chronological list um, of what I went through and the people that I met along the way. 
So the first shout out that I want to give is to Dr. Dre and Dr. Emily, the two naturopaths that are also dear friends of mine who helped me along the journey early on to do some testing, to talk about hormones, to understand the risks and all of the different variables that I should be looking at. So I want to thank them specifically because they helped me take those first couple steps on the path. And, you know, as we talk about often, sharing your dream out loud is a really important one. Because sometimes when we keep it to ourselves, we think, oh, I can't have that. I can't bring that into life. That's too crazy or too selfish or too whatever. And so being able to tell them and have them support me was really important. Okay, the next person that I really want to give a huge shout out to is Dr. Odessa at Aspire Health, who was a naturopath who specializes in fertility and helps women and really is, in my mind, a miracle maker. She brought so much wisdom and inspiration to my journey and not only to regulate things but also with the acupuncture and giving me the play-by-play along the journey of what I needed to do and all the things that I needed to be thinking about because there's a lot of big decisions along the way. Next up uh, was a referral so it's kind of like a leapfrog stepping stone from one person to another that I really need to thank is um, Dr. Delvai at Repromed. Now, this is the fertility clinic that I work with. I realize that some of this might not be relevant for those of you who aren't in Toronto or the GTA, but I am so happy with his decision to work with Dr. Delvai. He has one of the oldest or the oldest practices in Toronto area. So he's been doing this for, I don't know, 30 plus years and basically knows everything and does create miracles as well. So I'm very, very grateful for him. He's an absolute genius and one of the most seasoned people working in IVF. And more importantly than anything, he really cares. He cares and wants to help families and women and individuals on their journey. And he isn't just out there, you know, with a big money grab trying to make money because it is, let's be honest, it's a industry where you can make a huge amount of money. And he's out there as the real deal, just really, truly caring. So not only thanks to him, but to all the nurses and all the admin staff and all the other technicians, um, obviously my embryologist, everyone who helped out along the team. I'm so super grateful. The next group of people that I want to thank is everyone at Lincoln Midwives. In Canada, we have the option of choosing to go down the path either of working with midwives or with an OB. So on very good advice from family members, I opted to go with a midwife for the birth. Uh, Well, a team of midwives, actually. And it was one of the best decisions that I could have made. And I'm so grateful that I did. So a huge shout out to the team, everyone on Team Blue at the Lincoln Midwives. I would highly suggest going through midwives if this is something that you are considering because there's so much extra care that happens along the way. And right after you give birth, they come out and see you. So freshly given birth or after a C-section like me when you've just had major surgery, you don't have to try to get in the car and lug a baby around in a car seat. You just have the midwives come out and see you at home in the comfort of your own space and I think that in and of itself is worth it but there's so much care and attention and explanation I highly recommend. Another person that I really want to give a shout out to is to my therapist Nicole who guided me through 
countless, what feels like countless conversations and worries like, is it selfish to have a child without a father? Will she resent me if she doesn't have a dad? And on and on and on. I went through the whole roller coaster of emotions and questions and permutations and worry. And I needed to go through that, I think, as part of the process so that I could be confident that this was something that I would do. So thank you, Nicole. The next group is perhaps the most important one, which is my family, who has supported me unconditionally, I can say, from the very beginning. When I told everyone what the plan was, they didn't question my vision, which was amazing. So big thank you to my mom, who is my all-time, all-life superhero, and offered to let me stay with her, so me and a newborn, and she offered to be an extra set of hands to help play that role of chief cuddle officer, and I gotta say, she's really good at her role. Thank you to my brothers who stepped in to do all the guy stuff, like the car seats and putting the stroller together and taking care of all that stuff. To my sisters who have spoiled this little girl even before she was born and given me endless wisdom. And especially to my sister Jen, who very kindly and generously played the role of my birth partner. She took me to and from the hospital. She stayed with me every step of the way and walked me through the first 24 hours with that perfect combination of wisdom and advice. Because she's gone through this so many times with her kids, she knew everything that needed to be done and she is literally an expert with all things birth, newborn, and it was so awesome to have her there. Thank you, Jen. I'd also like to thank my friends who supported me through this big, hairy, audacious goal. I didn't let everyone know, but I did share with my inner circle. So thank you to Rebecca, Tanya, Ashley, Deb, and Raisa, and Lois, who held my vision, who didn't say, you're crazy, what are you doing, and supported me all along the way. Since baby Mary was breech, and we discovered this around 37 weeks, We had to enlist the support of an OB to do a C-section. So thanks to Dr. Baker, who was the coolest OB around, I have to say. Her second question that she asked me was, what is your theme song going to be? What song do you want it played in the OR as we're doing the procedure? Which I thought was the coolest question ever. And um, so we picked a song. And sure enough, it was played in the OR during my C-section. I picked uh, Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Over, because that song has a very special meaning to me whenever I have some sort of life change or I'm going on a big trip or I'm moving. That's kind of like a theme song that just, that I just have a go-to and listen to and it really kind of sets me in the mood. And as soon as Dr. Baker uh, retrieved the baby... She Lion Kinged her up to me over the sheet so that I could see my little tiny human. And then we went on to get her breathing and the whole thing was just amazing, just a miracle. So to to everyone at St. Catherine's General, what felt like, honestly, 30 people that were in the OR room that day, everyone from nurses and anesthesiologists and pediatricians and lung specialists, it was crazy how many people had to be present in that room. To um, 
to Megan, who was my midwife, who was actually present and with me that day. She was truly amazing. And every question that popped into my head, she was there to answer it before I could even express it out verbally. The two other really obvious people that I need to thank who made this all very possible, but I never even met them, were the sperm donor and the egg donor. I'm really grateful that these individuals generously offered their donations to make my dreams come true. Now, they all have their own reasons, and how it works here in Canada is that you have the option to keep everything confidential, or you can have an open donor. Uh, The two that I opted with were closed donors, and they have their own reasons. Some people like to share their reasons for why they were donating, and other people don't, so that's really their business. But I am truly grateful, and this would not have happened if they didn't both generously take the time and the energy to make their donations. Okay, last but not least, most importantly, I need to thank my clients. I can't tell you how much love and support I have received from my clients since sharing this news. I mean, I've just been overwhelmed with love and even a lot of tears. We've had a lot of tearful conversations around this journey. A lot of people have had, you know, the courage to share their own journeys of parenting. And it's just been actually a really, really special, um, intimate opportunity to be sharing this news with all my clients. And hands down, although I know there's a little bit of disappointment to not be able to support them with coaching right now, I know that everyone completely understands my journey. And you know, what this decision was like for me, how hard it was to make, and why I decided to take this time off. And so ever since then, I've been showered with well wishes and kind words and presents. And I just, I feel so grateful to have such an incredible community and so many great clients who really, really appreciate and understand and support my decision. Okay, as you can see, there are a lot of people who helped along the way, who gave me amazing support, and I'm truly grateful. The last piece of advice that I will share is that all the mindset tools that we use and that we talk about, that you've learned from me over the years, these all applied on this journey as well. I had a vision board for years. I had the babies, uh, well, not my babies, but a baby pictured on it with her name on it. I knew what her name was going to be. I had a baby altar that I created with some candles, some tiny little pink shoes. I did know I was having a girl, actually. Don't ask me how I knew that, but I just like to think that I manifested her. And I bought kids' books, I listened to kids' music, and I did everything I could to manifest this little one into my life. It works. It all really works. The other thing that I'll talk about really quickly that um, was a tip I passed on to one of my clients who's trying to conceive right now is that we talked about creating situational blueprints. So using that as a tool was really powerful. If this happens, this is how I'm going to handle it. And that was a really powerful tool to just bring this into reality, take it out of the realm of dreaming and thinking and putting it into practice and reality. That really was a powerful tool. And you know, going on a journey like this, when we manifest, it all works. And you have to go into it believing 100 plus percent that it will happen. This is a time where we can't really lead with rationality. If you want to find a way to rationalize the odds, 
or the cost or the effort, you will drive yourself crazy. Trust me, you will never find a way to justify going down the path. This is the realm of miracles and miracles always require magical thinking. So as far as announcements go, I am currently on maternity leave to the end of 2022. I will be back taking clients for January 23. If you're interested in working together, please reach out to me in the fall. Don't wait till January. Reach out, I would say in October is when I'm going to start onboarding people and booking in clients and my slots will start to book up. So if you're ready to finally work together to do some coaching, then please reach out and let me know when you're free and when you want to be doing some coaching. For this podcast, I had hoped naively, I see that now, to continue publishing this throughout the year. But I see now that that is uh, not a realistic expectation. So I've been trying alone for five weeks to get this episode out and it was just a struggle. So I need to really take my own advice here and be present with baby Mary and really appreciate and honor the miracle that she is. And she is truly my greatest teacher right now. And this is a total immersion in parenting. So I have a couple more episodes that were pre-recorded before giving birth. I don't know if you've been listening to any episodes this year, but (laughs) knowing now what I've gone through, you'll probably recognize why I'm so out of breath in those episodes. Having a full belly and sitting down to podcast was just not a comfortable situation. So if I sound really out of breath in those episodes, you'll know now why, why I sound so out of breath. It's because I was. So I have a couple more episodes that I'm going to publish and then that were pre-recorded and then I will uh, be on hiatus until January of 23. All right, so that's it for announcements. It is time to wrap up this episode on my big dream that came true. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you have something that you are taking away that really applies to your life or to someone that you know or that you work with. Please remember not to make any assumptions about what a person does or doesn't want in their life. Remember, we never know what kind of baggage people are carrying on in the inside, right? There's always something going on, something bigger that we don't know about. And whatever your dream is, your big, bold dream, if it's going down the path to becoming a parent yourself, or if it's something completely different, please be true to your dream. Hold it close to your heart. Tell those who you know and you love and who will support you. Believe in your dream unconditionally. Know that you deserve and you will be able to make it happen, truly. You can have, do, or be anything that you want. So go out there and make it happen. We don't have to rationalize miracles. We don't weigh out pros and cons. We believe in them and we have unwavering faith. And sometimes that means not having all the answers and not knowing exactly how things are gonna happen. And that's okay, because that's truly how the best miracles are made.